0: that is what we are just receiving today, the the love of God, and so I invite us to receive the word of God. Today our scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, and I just pray that you would receive this as a prayer over you today. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, God, we do pray for your goodness, your faithfulness, your love, Lord, that we might have a little more understanding and more experience of being loved by you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I enjoy doing but do not do terribly often or often enough to be good at it is play golf. And um, golf is one of those sports that requires that you actually play fairly good so that you can keep playing better and better. But there have been times that when I'm standing there with my golf shot and I just think, I have no idea where this is going. I don't know. I'm I'm in my head because with golf, you have to like, your your head has to be right. Your hips have to be aligned. Your hands have to be right. Everything has to be just right for you to hit the ball. And there are times where I'm just standing there and I'm thinking, I have literally no idea where this is going. Hopefully it's forward somewhat. Now, I do know exactly what my drives will do. They're going to start out straight and then take a dramatic right hand turn at some point in time. But it's a terrible experience to be standing over something, knowing you're about to do something, and not knowing what's going to happen. And it's probably not that way with just golf. Uh, uh, There was a a baseball player for the Cubs. His name was John Lester. He could throw a fastball 93 miles an hour and hit just the outside corner, but he could not throw the ball to first base. There's something in his head that wouldn't allow him to, to do that thing that seems simple, but something that wouldn't happen that way. Have you ever been at a place in your life in which you're standing in front of something and thinking, I can't do this? That your mind is just so clouded and you're just so confused and, and it's something that, that maybe you've done hundreds of times, but for some reason, you just can't do whatever this is. We can, we can get in our head so much. And sometimes there is this misalignment that happens with our life and with our soul and with our heart and with our mind. And we can overthink and overcomplicate or what we're hearing isn't really truth. And so what I, what I want to talk about today is how to experience alignment in God's way. Because I really think that we need alignment from God's truth to our head, to our heart, and then for that to be rooted into the love of God. Is that we have to have alignment in all of these things. God's truth, our head, our heart, and that allows us to be rooted fully in God's love, but there are problems with all of that because part of us is we don't always know what God's truth is. We don't always know what it is that God really says. We've we've gotten bad theology over time, bad thoughts about God. There may be some of you who, when you hear that God, our Father, and your idea about Father has been warped because your Father wasn't a good Father, it may be hard for you to understand who a loving Father is. We have these thoughts in our head that aren't always that good. It's a mismatch of thoughts and then our hearts can lead us far astray. Now we are people who actually live from our hearts outward into the world. One of my favorite quotes that I share fairly, re- fairly frequently is from a, a professor named George Hunter and this is what he said. He said, "'Human beings are not basically rational creatures. We are basically emotional creatures who are sometimes capable of thinking. Now, I like to think I'm a completely rational and logical and thought-oriented person, but that's not true of who we are. We are emotional creatures. We live out of our heart and from our heart. And even those of us who are more analytical or logical, we cannot deny the effects of the heart. Now, here's the crazy and terrible thing is that our hearts can't be trusted. The heart wants what the heart wants is a terrible statement and not true at all, and it's not good for you. We are people who want our heart not to lie. We want our heart to be good. But in fact, Jeremiah says it this way, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And so, when you tell somebody to just follow your heart, are we really helping somebody? Because our hearts will lead us astray. They are sick and they have been molded by lies and by hurt. And they respond out of those lies and that hurt. Now, what are the lies that our hearts have been told? Now, there's a variety. But um, later on today, there is a Super Bowl. I didn't want to mention the Super Bowl um, because that's painful to my heart, but I'm getting over it, all right? But part of what happens in the Super Bowl is not just the game, and it's not just a halftime show, but it is the advertisements that sell us lies after lies after lies. Because advertisements are nothing short of saying, you are not enough, but if you get this, you can be. You are not enough, but if you drive this car, you will be. Drink this beer, you will be. Buy this, you'll be happy. This is advertisements again and again. And so today we're going to tune in and we're going to hear about how we are not enough and we're just one thing short from being all that we can be. And so our heart, over years and years of being inundated with these messages that we are not enough from the world that says you're not enough, you need this one thing, you got to have this to be enough, our hearts have believed that we are not worthy and we are not good. And we believe these lies. But also our hearts have responded to pain that has happened to us. As I've, I've been a pastor over the, the years, I've had an opportunity to hear the varieties of different kinds of pain that, that you all and we have experienced. Some of you have gone through terrible things, but especially these pains that we experience when we're 5 to 15, uh, these years of, of children of being shaped and formed, we can hold on to what people have said, right? Maybe somebody told you when you were 8 years old that you'll never amount to anything, that I wish you hadn't been born. Maybe somebody told you at 14, you know you're never going to be good enough. You'll never amount to anything. Maybe it was later on life and somebody broke your heart and you've never recovered. And you've said, I'm never going to trust or love anybody like that again. Do you know somebody who's, who's so insulated themselves from other people because they never want to experience pain again? And so our hearts say, no, 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 you can't hurt like that again. And so you can't love like that again. You can't risk and be vulnerable because you will hurt. And so I, I think that just people walking in, the, the story that our hearts tell ourselves is what somebody told us about ourselves that's not true, that's not good, and that's not from God. And so what happens is, is, that, is that we look to resolve the pain, and, and sometimes by resolving the pain, what we actually try to do is numb the pain. Now, the classic sitcom way of numbing the pain, right, when this boy and this girl, when they break up, is the girl opens up the ice cream uh, tub and just starts eating it, right? That this is what we see is just people who just do what they can to numb the pain. And it's true that oftentimes one of the ways in which we go to resolve pain is we just eat our feelings, Right? There's lots of other ways that we try to resolve pain through addictive behavior. We drink our feelings. We, we try to, we look for love in all the wrong places. We, we try to seek affection or attention. We, we respond in all sorts of different ways, looking to either numb the pain or to resolve the pain. And oftentimes what we do is not good for us. It's not helpful for us. And so we keep seeking love, we keep seeking self-medication or other ways in which to just either numb the world or to try to find hope. When really, the old saying is true, there is a hole in our hearts that only God can fill. St. Augustine said it this way, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And so, if today your heart is restless, then part of what we have to do is to believe and live the important truth of God. And so, today, the most important truth that, that you can get out of this is that you are loved by God. That, that there is nothing you can do that would make God love you anymore. There is nothing that you can do that would make God love you any less. That God has made you, He delights in you. He's not just sitting there and thinking, whoa, what a fool. I can't believe I made this person, but he delights in who he made you to be and that you are remarkably loved by God. And so I, that, that's something easy for me to say. And I probably, if I asked you, are you loved by God? When you walked in the sanctuary, you'd be like, well, the pastor's asking me. So yes, yes, I know that I am loved by God. But the truth is, is, is we may know it here, but we may not always know it here. And so in this scripture, I think Paul wants everybody to know the love of God here so that we could be rooted and grounded in it. Did you hear the words that he said? I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. We're not having to reach outside of ourselves to pull love in, but in fact, God's truth through our head and our heart that we can become rooted in his love from his unlimited resources. It's not like God said, well, I only got so much love to go around. And so I'm going to give this person a small dose, but this person gets a big dose. No, there's an unlimited amount of love that he wants to give us through his spirit. And he says these, then he goes on and says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And so as we trust in what God has for us, is that Christ will take residence and we'll know that we are loved deeply. It says your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. It is so easy for us to get tossed and blown when we don't have roots that are deep in God's love. That this little thing and this little thing, have you ever been set off by all these little things that have happened? And oftentimes we realize that these little things are little things, but it's not until it's later. Can we be so rooted in God's love that we major on the majors and we minor on the minors? And then he says these words which seem impossible. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. How have we missed the mark of of not letting all God's people know this? How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. This infinite love. And here Paul wants us to understand it. That more than anything else, he wants us to understand that we are loved. And he said, may you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. And I I want us to just sort of think about that God wants us to experience his love, That, that overwhelming sense that God is for us, he's not against us. He wants us to know the truth and to take it in. He wants us to be wrapped up in the fact that we are loved. But most of us are not wrapped up in this idea that God loves us. In fact, most of us are wrapped up in the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. And it may be the story that other people have told us that we should be this, or we've got to do this, or you'll never amount to anything. And those stories and those intrusive thoughts just keep playing on a loop in our head. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we see our failures and our faults, and we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. And so I was talking with one of my friends who's a pastor, his name's Bill, and Bill said these words because part of our problem is pride. And what he said was, it takes humility to be, to be loved and to believe that what God thinks about me is more important and more true than what we think of ourselves. And so God, you may believe today that God says I am loved But then you say, I am unlovable or unworthy. And one of the things that we have to trust is that God is good and that God knows and that God doesn't make mistakes. And so we have to humbly receive God's love. Now, one of the ways that we have to do that is to forgive ourselves for that, There are some of you who don't feel loved in this room because of something that happened. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it was 20 years ago, but you still haven't forgiven yourself. You know that God forgives. You want to be a forgiving person, but you cannot forgive yourself. And so next week, you got to come back because we're going to talk about how love and forgiveness and grace go hand in hand. And if you've ever been that kind of person who you can't love yourself because of something you did years ago... The next week is going to be for you to be able to receive the forgiveness from God and thus also be able to receive yourself. But how do we soak and immerse ourselves in the love of God? How do we get this alignment from God's truth to our mind, to our heart, so we can be rooted and grounded in God's love? And I really think it is that way. is, is we, Our mind has to eventually tell our heart what is true. Um, I listened to a sermon by Craig Groeschel, and this is what he said. He said, our lives move in to the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so what are your strongest thoughts? What is it that you immerse yourself in? What is the story you tell yourself? Because if the story that plays is I'm no good and I'm never going to amount to anything, that's how you're going to live. And you're going to stand like me on a golf shot and think, I can't live. I have no idea where this life is going. So how do we, how do we change our thoughts and thus change our hearts? The first thing is we have to do is we have to immerse ourselves in the story of God. We have to soak in his story and see how God has loved throughout time. That's one reason why we're reading the Bible um, as a congregation. Now, I know some of you are thinking, you're thinking, well, what I've been reading lately does not have to do with the love of God. I'm tired of of hearing about these sacrifices and how to build these tabernacles and all these other regulations. All right, let's get to the good stuff. It's coming. All right, don't you worry. It's going to get better. All right, you make it through these days and you can make it through any part of the Bible. I promise you. But we want to do that because we want to immerse ourselves. If you haven't started reading the Bible, it's not too late. Go ahead and get started. January 1st is just a date on a calendar. Start on February 13th and get going and and move through. Just read together. All right. And you still get to put dots up there. All right, even if you start late, we're not going to say the section is full. You still can put dots on our little thing out there. So you got to immerse yourself in God's story. Now, there are some of you who you're really struggling, all right? Or you haven't started and you think, Aaron, is it easier to understand God's story? And the answer is yes. I want to recommend a book to you. It's called The Story of God, The Story of Us. This is the best and simplest book I've ever found that tells the big story of God. And it's not like overwhelming. And it's just really, really well done. Um, And so it talks about getting lost and found in the Bible. And so I'm going to invite you, um, and even if you're doing the Bible reading, um, if you like other books uh, and audio books, it's kind of designed to read um, like 30 minutes. It's actually designed to kind of read out loud as a family, um, just as a way to receive the story of God. So the story of God's story of us. We need to immerse ourselves in God's story so that we can hear God's truth, how he's loved, how he's taken care of, how he's been faithful over time and so that's one of the most important things we can do another thing that we can do is to immerse ourselves in worship now as i was thinking about um, this message i wrote down a i wrote down a statement and then i thought i don't want to do that so i i'm going to offer it to you and to me write all the activities this week that you spent more than an hour on Write down what you've spent more than an hour on. What have I immersed myself in more than I've spent time in worshiping God? I mean, an hour a week, when we think about it, in the context of how much Netflix or YouTube or whatever it else is that I have done this week is not very long. We don't immerse ourselves in worship. Sometimes I preach long, so we just get a little bit over that hour for you all, right? Okay, maybe not. You're like, Aaron, I'm not convinced, all right. But we get immersed in worship and getting lost in wonder, love, and praise. And so, again, how can we prioritize that and how can when we be here actually be here? We're so distracted as people. How do I be present with God as I worship and as I receive his word? And so I also think we have to be immersed in truth. And again, this alignment, God's truth to our head that eventually will tell our hearts, so that we can be rooted and grounded in God's love. We need this alignment all the way down. And that is what I believe the scriptures tell us, is that if we want to change our heart, we have to change the way we think. Romans 12, 2 says it this way, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are not people who the only formation we get is at church. We are being formed and molded by the world to become who and what They think, or somebody thinks, or even sometimes our deceitful heart thinks we should be. And we need to submit ourselves and submit our minds to being reformed by God and being transformed by God. And so we have to experience a renewing of our mind to believe the truth of God so that it sets here and then eventually gets here. Philippians says it this way finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I, one of the things that I, I tell people is I, I never underestimate the human propensity towards drama. And so because that's our heart propensity, our human direction... Paul has to write these words. What is it that is true, that is noble, that is right, that is pure, that is lovely? And, and I need to soak on these things. I need to sit with these things. I need to think about such things so that I can experience a transformation of God. And that our negative thoughts can actually die. 2 Corinthians says we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so if you are one of those people who get those intrusive thoughts, who even while you're sitting here, you have for some reason have this thought, I believe this is true for every other person but me. I want this to be true, but I just don't think I can get there. The last scripture said that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even think. If you don't think that you can believe that God loves you, God is more powerful than your thoughts. And he can transform your mind because he loves you. Now, how do we know that God loves us? Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. When we were far off from God, God sent his son to die so that we might live. And so because that is true, everything else is true. Because we are worth dying for, we are worth living for God. And so while the world is trying to tell us things, and while our past is trying to tell us things, and our heart is trying to lead us astray, we are called to stand and to hear the voice of truth that speaks His love and goodness to us. And so what I want to invite you to is to try something, and and, and, um, it's it's something that I heard from this Craig Rochelle sermon, um, which is daily affirmations. And so as I was listening to the sermon, and and full disclosure, I listened to the sermon back in August, and I thought, I need to have daily affirmations. This is really good stuff to hear the truth of God. And so I didn't do anything with it. Has that ever been the case for you? You thought, oh, I'm going to do that. What the pastor said, that's good, and now I'm going to go do that. Or I read this in a book, and yeah, I'm going to go do that. That's sort of actually human nature sometimes. It takes us a while, all right? So some of you are going to do this this week and others of you may do it in August, and that's okay, all right? But I want, to, I want us to try, to make a decision today to try these daily affirmations. In fact, I believed in it so much, I actually told multiple people, one, to listen to the sermon by Craig Rochelle, but also that they need to practice these daily affirmations. And meanwhile, I was like, man, I haven't done that yet. So now I'm preaching on it, and I was like, man, I better get to work. So, let me show you what, what, what Craig has, has done. And you can Google um, Craig Brochelle, positive affirmations. You can find a list of things. Um, but, but basically what he does and what he invites us to do is to hear the truth of who we are every day. Because we have to combat the lies that happen every day. And so every day he would wake up and he would say these certain things that he has memorized To believe the truth about who he is in God. Here are just some of them Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can imagine. I love people and believe the best about others. This next one I don't like, so I didn't add it in mine, but um, you might want to add it. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. So so maybe, um, again, maybe some of these are yours. And so what I'm going to invite you to as part of this experiment is is, is to write down half a dozen things that you believe God is asking you to say daily, to say repeatedly about yourself again it's not going to be an instant fix of oh well now I feel like God loves me it doesn't work like that we have to let it sink and root and and plant the seeds so that they can harvest down the road and so maybe you want to want to steal want to have steal uh, borrow some of Craig's there's there's good ones he has some general ones as well that aren't just particular to him he says my God is for me My God is with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm not what I have or buy. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. And so maybe there are some scriptures or other things that you want to hold on to. um, These promises of God that you need to remember. Another way that I think about it um, is songs. Songs. Um, and so if you're, if there, there may be some lines and some songs that feel like, ah, oh, that's exactly what I need to hear. And so, uh, there's a, a song called Jaira and, um, the opening line of that has just stuck with me that says, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. So there's nothing I can do to let you down. And so those have become words that have been true of like, I'm not going to disappoint you, God. I may not do everything right. I certainly won't. But God's not like, Ooh, Aaron messed up and the world's going to collapse. There's not that pressure on me. And so as I wrote down mine, and again, I'm going to encourage you, uh, maybe think about four to eight to begin with of these daily affirmations. I just want to share some of mine with you. Um, And what I did is because, I don't know about you, but I look at my phone sometimes, um, is that I just created a wallpaper on my phone that has all these listed. And so maybe you're going to put it in your mirror or in your car, or maybe you're going to create a little wallpaper on your phone, have some way in which you can see it and read it regularly. But these are some of mine. I am loved, not because of what I have done, but because of who I am. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. My past and my failures will not define me. God's grace defines me. I love Heather. She is God's gift to me. I love Micah and Kason. They are God's gift to me. I am real, authentic, and vulnerable with myself, others, and God. Because I am loved, I can be me. I am empowered to love today. I am called to be the presence of God for and with others today. I am reliant on God. I am not reliant on what others might think of me. I rely on God's love for today. And so these are the words that that I've been saying to myself and reading this week and just washing over me. Because again, I'm going to struggle. Every once in a while, my heart's going to say, Aaron, you can do it yourself. You don't need anybody and you don't need God. But these words of truth, I'm relying on God today. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am real, authentic, and vulnerable. Because I'm loved, I can be me. And so I'm just going to invite you during this week to soak that in and, and, and to see what it is that God is wanting to tell you that your heart is not wanting you to hear. I wish, I wish that it would be so much easier to just know that we're loved, but for whatever reason, it's not. And so we've got to immerse ourselves in the word and the love and the truth of God. And so I'm going to invite you to these daily affirmations. I'm going to invite you to try it and just to believe the truth that you've never been more loved than you are right now and that God really loves you. And so we're going to have a time of prayer. I'm going to invite you to just soak this in. And then I'm also going to invite us as we sing this closing song just to receive it over us as well. If you need prayer or if you're really struggling to believe you're loved, you can text us um, on this number. And just uh, maybe today is a hard day because you want to know that you're loved, but you just can't. Can you take one step into God's love today?